I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to visit futureself.com where you can get the one-page Future Self checklist as well as the full Future Self course and other amazing goodies. All of these are free at futureself.com. All you have to do is put your email in. You'll get an email with a bunch of amazing goodies, the one-page Future Self checklist, the full Future Self course, which will change your life, and other things such as the Peak State checklist and my ebook Slipstream Time Hacking, futureself.com. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. In the book, Power Versus Force, Dr. David Hawkins lays out what he calls the map of consciousness. This map of consciousness is profound. If you understand it, it really provides an amazing framework for letting go of trauma, ultimately raising yourself to a place where you operate from much higher and higher levels of consciousness or what what I would call emotional development. As a psychologist, it's basically a map of emotional development. I'm going to explain that map, but mostly I'm just going to focus on one quote from Dr. Hawkins. There's one quote that in my opinion is one of the strongest, most humbling, most powerful quotes I've ever read and also conceptually one of the most powerful concepts I've ever stumbled upon. If you understand this quote, then you will learn the secret of how to transform your life at fundamental levels. And if you don't, you'll also see why most people are, 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 are just looping. Most people are just replaying subconscious loops. They're just operating. They're just stuck. Most people are ultimately stuck and they're not developing. They're not transforming. They're not healing. So let me go ahead and first start with just a basic premise of the map. And then I'm going to focus in on this quote and just lay out lots of key principles. If you understand this quote, if you understand this map, it's not the ultimate truth of reality, but it's a really good framework for understanding how to let things go and ultimately how to grow as a person so that you can create the life that you want. As he would explain, you, you, you stop operating with force. If you're at the lower levels of this map, you're operating by force, meaning you're trying to force things to happen, whether that's by brute force, whether that's by anger, whether that's you're just trying to force things to happen your way. And ultimately, that's not how you create results. So basically, the map goes from 20, which is shame. And all of these have accompanying emotions. And basically, they're your emotional climate as a person. They're your subconscious way of operating. So the lowest level is shame, where you're just you're just a shameful person. You, you, shame is basically where you're at. And that's that's just the utter lowest. If you're If you are a person where subconsciously you just operate out of shame for everything you've done, very weak, very weak. And basically, the higher up you go on this map, the more power you have, the more internal power and the more external power you have to create results and to change the world. Actually, he talks about how the higher up you go on this map, the more ripples you have. I mean, as a, as a person, we all are producing ripples. Every person is literally creating ripples throughout the whole world. So you, as a person, are operating in this world. You can't escape that. You are operating in the world. And so the question is, what version of you do you want to operate in this world? If you're down below what Hawkins would call 200 on this scale, again, it goes from 20 all the way up to 1,000. And at 200, that's the place on the map where you shift from force up to power. And that place is courage. 200 is courage. Above that goes to a place of acceptance, love, unconditional love, peace, 
and then ultimately enlightenment. And so you can watch yourself when you shift from power to force. I've done it all the time and you're never actually fully developed unless you just, there's very few people that fully develop. But what Hawkins explains is that the higher up this map you go, one person who's at like 300 on this map, which is a place of acceptance, positively counterbalances, as Hawkins would say, counterbalances the negative energy of like 80,000 people. Once you get up to like the four or five hundreds, your ripples are counterbalancing hundreds of thousands of people. Once you get up into like the six or seven hundreds, you're, you're literally altering the world and you're counterbalancing the negativity of millions or tens of millions of people. So it's very powerful. One person who chooses to go up this scale, to chooses to becoming more enlightened, they, don't, they may not be a famous person. They're not necessarily a guru. They're just operating in a much higher plane. The repercussions of what they do are, are balancing out the negativity of literally hundreds of thousands or millions of people because power is more ultimately a higher power than force. Force is weak. So this is the quote from Hawkins in Power Versus Force. He says, the average advance in the level of consciousness throughout the global population is little more than five points during a lifetime. So this is five points on that map. But he said that over 80% of the global population operates between, I think it's 150 and 100. I think 100 on his map is fear. And then 150 is anger or hatred. So basically 80% of the population is stuck between there where they're operating out of fear or operating out of anger, where they're just angry at life, angry at the past. So that's where 80% of the world is subconsciously. And as he said in the quote, and I'm going to share it again, the average person only goes up by five points on the scale. Again, the scale goes from 20 all the way up to 1,000. And the average person is only going to grow by five points. Meaning if you're on this scale somewhere and you're below 200, there's a good chance you're never going to actually evolve to a place where you're above that. So the average person only grows by five points. And in the rest of the quote, he's going to explain why. But what I'm wanting to tell you and what I'm wanting to pre-frame you for is that you can grow by hundreds of points of this scale. Every person can. You can choose to do it. It's going to take an enormous amount of courage. It's going to take an enormous amount of evolution, emotional evolution, emotional purging, peeling away all the layers of the attachments, the expectations, the needing to be right. The average advance in the level of consciousness throughout the global population is little more than five points during a lifetime. Apparently from untold millions of individual experiences in one's life, usually only few lessons are ever learned. The attainment of wisdom is slow and painful and few are willing to relinquish familiar, even if inaccurate views. Resistance to change or growth is considerable. It would seem that most people are willing to die rather than alter those belief systems which confine them to the lower levels of consciousness. So this is basically it. This is the reason. So we have millions of untold experiences. You're having an experience right now. Throughout your day, they say that the average person thinks like 50,000 thoughts a day. So even on a daily basis, you're having thousands and thousands of experiences, but most of those experiences are you operating on autopilot. Most of those experiences are you just being your past self, being your current level of conditioning, operating from the same perspective. Back to the model, the first stage, basically going from the forceful places of unhealthy emotions, shame, anger, fear, resentment, etc., up into the levels of, it starts with courage. All progress starts by telling the truth. Courage is the place where you start committing. You shift from having an avoidance orientation to having an approach orientation. Everything you do is to avoid what you don't want to happen or avoid what you're afraid of or avoid something from happening or it's to approach something. As conscious beings, we need to shift from an avoidance orientation towards an approach one. We got to have an approach orientation. The first thing we approach is ourselves and our past. And we start approaching the past rather than avoiding it. 
you fully own the past. From a psychological perspective, time is not what we think it is. We often think of time as linear. This is actually a false premise of time. Interestingly, this view of time, the current model of time was created in the 1800s because of the railroad system. Like the idea that time is past, present, and future. Like literally the whole model of time that we have came in the 1800s. Um, past, present, and future. Linear time, meaning the past is behind us, the future is ahead of us, and the thing that separates them is the present moment. That is a new concept of time. From a psychological perspective, time is not linear. It's non-linear. It's more holistic, meaning the past, present, and future are all existing simultaneously. Also, the past isn't fixed. The past isn't causing the present. When you have a linear view of time, meaning you think that the past is behind us and we can never, you know, we're basically, we can never, it's basically dead, dead and gone, and that the future is before us, what that does is it leads us to placing a lot of emphasis on the past because the past is causing the present. The, the present is based on the past. That's how we view it. And it's easy to, to believe that. It also leads us to what would be called causation, where the present is caused by the past. And that's not true. Dr. Brent Slife, he wrote a really good book called Time and Psychological Explanation. He talks about how the past is actually caused by the present. That where I'm at right now and how I reconstruct the past. Memory is always reconstructed in the present. And so I can choose to reconstruct the past, reframe it, learn from it, doesn't mean things didn't happen, but I'm not caused by what happened. I actually cause the meaning of what happened. When you start to approach the past, you start to learn from it. You start to embrace it. You start to basically create what would be called post-traumatic growth. You start to learn from it. So back to the Hawkins quote, he said, apparently from untold millions of individual experiences in one's life, usually only a few lessons are ever learned. The attainment of wisdom is slow and painful and few are willing to relinquish familiar, even if in accurate views, Resistance to change or growth is considerable. That takes humility. It takes being honest. All progress starts by telling the truth. Also, making the unconscious conscious means that you now are aware of where you previously weren't aware. You're aware of where your blind spots were. You're more aware of where you've been holding yourself back or where you've been operating out of fear or anger or frustration or where you've been holding grudges. You start to be honest and you stop hiding from the truth. Instead, you fully expose the truth. You don't care what other people think. You fully expose your inadequacies. You fully expose your ignorance. You fully expose all the areas where you're, where you're holding yourself back. Think about what happens to a person's life when they're no longer afraid of looking dumb. Uh, this is part of having a growth mindset where you're no longer afraid of failing. Also, though, you acknowledge that you're not your past. I am not my past self. I'm not the person I was even five minutes ago. I have gone through alterations. I have learned something. I've, I've gained strength. I've gained wisdom. I've gained... Even just by filming this video, I'm not the same person I was before I started filming this video. And you're not the same person you were before watching this video. Even if you go on and do nothing about it, you could still remain at the same level of consciousness, but you're, you are evolving as a person or at least as a personality. And so you're not the same person you were. The question is, are you growing? Are you evolving? Are you transforming? And are you becoming a higher tier version of yourself? That requires first off courage. All progress starts by telling the truth owning fully the past, owning fully your traumas, owning fully. Basically, post-traumatic growth is what happens when a person starts approaching their past. They stop ruminating on it randomly. Basically, they, they're they willing to sit and face the past, learn from it, and they only want to get better. And they reach a place where they're no longer afraid of admitting the truth. They're no longer afraid of admitting what happened. They're no longer afraid of changing the story and changing the story. We, we often hold on to a story because it benefits us. It benefits us because it keeps us 
with excuses. It keeps us avoidance-based where we, we, we feel like we've gotten out, where we don't have to change. We don't have to grow because we can blame that thing. Whereas post-traumatic growth is realizing and taking full ownership that you have no out. Your life is what you commit yourself to. And if you commit yourself to that story, that's fine. That's your identity. That's your past, present, and future. But you're the one who's responsible for that. You're the one who's choosing to frame your life that way. You're the one who's choosing not to learn from your experiences. You're the one who's basically solidifying yourself and forcing reality to be viewed through a lens. Whereas once you stop needing to be right, once you stop needing to have a story be a certain way, Actually, a really crazy quote that I recently heard, there's a, there's a book called The Places That You Fear the Most or something like that. Going to the places that scare you the most. It's all about how life is uncertain. And one of the scariest facts of life is that you don't know who your future self is gonna be. A lot of people, they really wanna hold on to who their future self is gonna be. You can't fully define who you are or who other people are. And people who have a need for control, that's terrifying to them, whereas... I don't even know who my future self is going to be in a week from now. Like, I I don't know the full premise of who I am. And I'm open to that uncertainty. And once you become open to that uncertainty, you stop needing to be right. You also stop becoming, you also start becoming more willing to fail and to try new things. Your past is a goldmine of learning. If you're willing to learn from it and be changed by it. Also, if you're willing to approach becoming more conscious of your experiences. I think parenting is one of the most beautiful aspects of life because it exposes all of your weaknesses and uncertainties. Basically, me, myself, my wife and I, we adopted three kids. Then we had three more. So we have six kids. And, and our three older kids, they're now 11, 13, and 15. And they expose so much about myself and my wife that we would love to not be exposed. But being exposed is a great thing. And then just fully admitting that you don't have all the answers, fully admitting that you've made mistakes, and then learning from it and embracing failure. Again, that's a big part of a growth mindset is embracing failure and turning failures into learning. You can turn all experiences to your gains. So I'm gonna go ahead and share this one more time and I want your opinion on this. Please comment down below. Please share your opinion on this. But as for myself, I don't wanna grow just five points and I know I haven't. I still operate in fear sometimes, but I have reached places of courage. I am courageous a lot more than I used to be. I have higher levels of love and even unconditional love and acceptance and even peace. You can reach these stages where you're, where you're scaling this map by hundreds of points, and then you're operating far more on power, less on force. You're far more inspired. You're far more connected to God. You're far more in touch with yourself. Uh, your life just becomes totally different. You're less attached to things needing to be a certain way. You're still committed. You can be fully committed to something and not attached to it. You can be fully committed to a goal, fully committed to a purpose, fully committed to a quest, yet you're not unhealthily attached. You're not trying to force it to be a certain way. You, you're committed. You're in a place of power. You're in a place where God can work with you. You're in a place where you're willing to find and commit to the way. Yet at the same time, you're healthily detached. You're in a place of peace. You don't need. You're not operating out of a place of unhealthy need where you feel like you need something to be accepted. You're no longer worrying really about what anyone else thinks of you. You commit and you follow what you feel fully truthful of doing. But you don't need anything. You don't need anyone else's approval. You already are fully connected, I guess you could say, to God. And so you don't need anything. You, you, you can commit to things. You can choose things of your own free will because we are all conscious beings. You can choose to commit to things. You can choose to create things. You can choose to become things. You can choose to do good things in the world of your own accord. I love the quote. It's, you know, be anxiously engaged in a good cause. There's nothing wrong with choosing to do good. There's nothing wrong with choosing who your future self is. There's nothing wrong with 
seeking and ye shall find, asking and it shall be given to you. You can seek specific things and you should. We are what we seek. We are what we commit ourselves to. We are what we define ourselves by. And so we all have to choose that. We all choose that. You choose what you're going to commit yourself to. I choose what I'm going to commit myself to. But you can commit yourself to things and choose things and go all in on things without needing them because you already have all your needs met. The average advance in the level of consciousness throughout the global population is little more than five points during a lifetime. Apparently from untold millions of individual experiences in one's life, usually only few lessons are ever learned. The attainment of wisdom is slow and painful, and few are willing to relinquish familiar, even if inaccurate views. Resistance to change or growth is considerable. It would seem that most people are willing to die rather than alter those belief systems which confine them to the lower levels of consciousness. All progress starts by telling the truth. Once you reach a place where you're no longer worried about what people think, but you're willing to fully expose yourself, then you become psychologically bulletproof. Then you can reach a place of acceptance, not only of yourself and your past self and your future self, but also accepting of other people. You don't need to force people into your box. You don't need to force people to be who you want them to be. Then all of a sudden you've released yourself from so much unnecessary energy, unnecessary baggage, unnecessary fears, unnecessary even just needs or desires that make up the majority of most people's lives. And then you can reach a place of freedom from that. Freedom from and then freedom to. There are those two levels. Freedom from all the unnecessary baggage and then freedom to be who you choose to be. Freedom to be highly conscious. Freedom to be your future self. Freedom to create whatever you want in, in life. Freedom. And, and so the higher up you get on these stages, you're operating in power. You're not operating by force. And when you're operating by power, things happen a lot easier. Things happen a lot faster. Things operate in a much higher sphere. So I love this quote. If you haven't read Dr. David Hawkins' work, I recommend you read Power Versus Force, Letting Go. Those are the two books to start with. He's got so many others. I actually recently just read his book called Success Is For You, and that's a great book as well. It's very powerful to sit and study one person really deep and then study another person really deep. And ultimately, none of these people's teachings are perfect truth. But the more you learn, the more you actually expand your knowledge, your perspective, and then start applying it, your life becomes different because your input shapes your outlook. Your input shapes your worldview. It shapes your perspective. It shapes your context. It shapes your models. It shapes your identity. And so if you're not consuming high quality information, then you're ultimately going through loops. Whereas if you're listening to and consuming information that forces you to look in the mirror, forces you to own your mistakes, own your fears, own your, own your dreams, own yourself, peel away the layers, then all of a sudden you're getting to a place of yourself. And then ultimately... You know, the goal of all education is to develop inner wisdom where you're truly listening to yourself and even listening to God more so that you actually have a, a consciousness. Yes, you can learn from other people, but all of it is ultimately to develop yourself because you're the only person who can ultimately decide who you're going to be. You're the only person who is inside your own head and in communion with God. So all education is ultimately to help you better have agency as a person and have a connection with God so that you can ultimately choose and live the life that you want based on what you believe, what you value, and hopefully it just gets better and better. As you gain wisdom, you'll let go of old ways of being. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to go to futureself.com, put your email in, and get immediate access to all the goodies. The one-page Future Self cheat sheet, which I recommend you print and put somewhere close by so that you can reference it. The full Future Self course, and other goodies such as my Peak State Checklist, which has been downloaded almost a million times, and my ebook, Slipstream Time Hacking. Go to futureself.com, get those free goodies, and until next time, be your future self now. Talk to you soon.